Welcome to the Juno Report, brought to you by Guide Dog Users Incorporated, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. The Juno Report is a monthly audio magazine featuring all things guide dogs, training programs, and items of general interest to guide dog teams. We welcome your feedback, ideas, and suggestions. Get in touch with the Juno Report by emailing junoreport at guidedogusersinc.org. Again, that email address is juno, J-U-N-O, report at guidedogusersinc.org. I love my dog, baby, I love my dog. Na, 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 I said I love my dog, baby, I love my dog. And now, let's get on with today's program of the Juno Report. I had the opportunity to host a Zoom host a very, very interesting call with uh, graduates of Guide Dogs for the Blind and staff from Be My Eyes. And I thought it was a very, very interesting topic. Guide Dogs is experimenting with providing some services through Be My Eyes. This will be available to other schools if they want to engage in it. And I just thought it was an interesting idea. So we're sharing that this time on the Juno Report uh, with permission. And uh, so let's jump right into our special day here with Kelly Egan from Be My Eyes and um, staff from uh, Guide Dogs for the Blind. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you very much for attending this speaker series meeting. This is Kelly Egan, and um, this I'm on the alumni uh, board, and I wanted to start out with Be My Eyes because I actually I happened to work for Be My Eyes, too, and I worked closely with Teresa Stern and the support team and to get be my eyes to be a solution or a tool for all of us who have guide dogs. And um, we've successfully done that. I want to thank my project team that helped put the speaker series together and Deb Cook Lewis for managing the um, Zoom call because she does it better than anyone. And um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here. And we'll, today our speaker will be Will Butler, and Will Butler is the Vice President of Community Outreach or to us as blind folks and all sorts of blind people around the world. And he's been with Be My Eyes for over, um, over two years, almost three years, and has been helping build the organization, uh, which has become quite a worldwide organization with um, over... 4 million volunteers and a quarter million blind people. So there's all sorts of um, activity around Be My Eyes. And we'll be explaining a little bit about how it is set up and how you can use it. Um, We have Toby on the call as well. So he can talk about what he's received in terms of calls and what works the best and what doesn't. And um, just try and give you an experience of Be My Eyes so that you can use it as a tool as needed. Um, Will, um, also prior to being at Be My Eyes, was with the San Francisco Lighthouse for four years. He has um, also, he is also a blind guy and has um, been in the, lived in the Bay Area for many years and is now living in the Los Angeles area. And I wanted to hand it over to Will to say 
please feel free, Will, to tell these folks all about Be My Eyes and and how it, it can be of value. Thank you, Kelly. Wow. Thanks, everybody. This is so cool. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm a little nervous. There's, uh, there's so many, so many of you on the call. So I guess every single one of you has a guide dog or has had a guide dog. Um, it's, it's, I, I, I am zooming in on photos of people with guide dogs and their profile pictures and, uh, and lots of smiling faces. It's really wonderful to see everybody on the call. Um, yeah, today I'm 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 just gonna really give as as succinct and clear as possible uh, a description of of what we do at Be My Eyes and and how it can help everybody. And really, more than anything, I am here to answer questions because I know that um, we spend a lot of time talking at each other on these types of calls, uh, on these live streams and webinars and whatnot. And, and I don't think we, we uh, spend enough time talking with each other. So I'm gonna try to be as brief as possible and then give everyone a chance to really get their questions answered. And I know that Toby is also in that mode. Uh, so yeah, so I'll just launch into it. I, I would start by just, you know, a little bit about myself. I think, Kelly, thank you for the introduction. I, always flattered anytime anyone has my bio. Um, but, but basically, I grew up in the Bay Area, and I never thought of myself as a visually impaired, low vision or blind person. Even though looking back on it, I was totally struggling to see all the time. And I had really no idea. Uh, nobody tells you when you're a little kid that that you're struggling to see. And so I was constantly sort of waging war against, you know, all of these unknown factors that I wasn't able to see. Um, and, you know, but I had, I had a pretty, uh, quote unquote, normal childhood. And then when I was 19 years old, I had a series of retinal detachments that kind of led to me actually becoming legally blind. And at that point, it was another transitional time. It took a few years. I'm sure many of you are familiar with this to kind of accept that I was blind um, and take that on as something to be, not be ashamed of and, you know, take out, accept that I was going to need a mobility aid, um, all of these things. And I feel lucky that I got to that point at a young age. Um, and I know I still have a lot of learning and growing to do, but the best possible thing, thing for me that has helped has been having a community. And um, that started for me, really, I didn't know many blind folks at all until I started working at the Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco um, about in 2015. Um, and I did a lot of work with their communications and marketing side of things and started to meet people who were like, had vision like me or slightly different, but knew what it was like to be treated as a blind person. And, um, and, and it suddenly, suddenly I felt like I had gone back to school uh, and like I was learning a whole new way of living again. And I really can't emphasize enough, you know, it doesn't matter where you're doing it. It doesn't matter what organization you're doing it with. Um, the value of having other people around you who know what it feels like to be us is invaluable. 
Um, so, so I, 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 um, that's why when I started, I came to be my eyes, I was approached by these funny Danish guys who had this funny little app that happened to have the most blind people in the world on it. And they said, you know, what, what can we do with this community? What can we do with these hundreds of thousands of visually impaired people and these millions of volunteers? My imagination lit up and I said, there's so much we can do with this community because that's the thing that all of us were lacking when we became blind or when we became adults and had to go out into the world, you know, as blind people and make our way was community. So that's why, that's a little bit of background on why my title is VP of community, because it's not a marketing job or a, or a uh, outreach job or whatever job it's, it's my whole goal is to make sure that the be my eyes app and the, and all of the podcasts and community calls and all the things around it are really valuable for our blind and visually impaired and low vision users that they're valuable for our volunteers who are answering calls thousands of times a day and that they're value and that the app is valuable to the companies who decide to partner with us to bring their customer support centers into be my eyes. So it's a lot, it's a big job, but um, I'll, I'm happy to share a little bit more today about not only how we've evolved, but how guide dogs has become an integral piece of what we're doing. Um, so I will just kind of start with a, uh, a memory I have. Um, and that is probably when I was about six years old, I got into a bus with a whole bunch of other kids and we were driven down south from my hometown of Santa Rosa to a city in Marin County called San Rafael that many of you may be familiar with. And we went to this big wide open campus and I remember it like like Disneyland, right? Uh, but it was probably in retrospect, I don't know how many acres it is, but you, you know, all know I'm talking about the guide dog campus. And we were taken into a big room and sat down and given a little speech about how to pet the puppies. And this is like a flagship program that guide dogs established years ago, their puppy petters program, where they would bring in kids and they would bring in a whole gaggle of little tiny puppies, you know, brand new puppy dogs, and let the kids pet them. And really what they were doing was socializing the dogs. But at the time, we didn't really know or care or anything like that. And to tell you the truth, we didn't really even think about the blind people that these puppies would be helping. But I did have one vivid memory, and that was um, them telling us to pet in between the puppies toes <laughs> and and they told us that when you when you pet in between the puppy's toes and you stimulate all those nerves that typically I guess a mother would be licking or like you know they would get stimulated by being in a really nurturing kind of um, dog family you're you're making the dogs smarter and you're making them more engaged and you're activating their minds at a very young age and that's what makes these dogs so great and wonderful to work with people uh, with vision impairments. And that probably, if anything, was my the first time I had ever thought about blind people. 
people with vision impairments. And it was just one touch. And it was the only time I was ever at guide dogs for the blind, to my knowledge, um, at least until I was an adult. But it stuck with me. And I guess I tell that story because it's the power of one meaningful connection between you and an organization that can really last with you for a lifetime. And with Be My Eyes, we know actually that many of our users don't need Be My Eyes every day. They don't need it every week. They don't even even need it every month sometimes. Um, But if we can be there in your pocket when you need us the most and have a really meaningful connection with a wonderful volunteer or someone from like tech support or guide dogs, then we've done our job because, um, because it's sometimes you just need, it's that one time you really need a boost um, that can make all the difference. So for those that don't know about guide uh, about be my eyes, I'll give a little primer. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty remarkable story. Um, and, and some of you might have heard it if you've installed the app before. Um, but essentially, Be My Eyes is a brainchild. The coolest thing I think about Be My Eyes is that it was invented by a blind guy. And that's, that's the, crucial, the crucial aspect of it, which if you don't remember anything else about our story, that's the thing to remember, is that it was created out of a personal need right? And the best products always are. So, so this guy, Hans, he's a Danish guy. And around 2012, he was visiting, uh, he was volunteering for the local blindness organization. And he himself was encountering a pretty significant progression in his RP um, and his vision loss. And so he was playing around with some of the new things like FaceTime, which was just breaking onto the cell phones at the time, or Skype, which was just becoming available on the smartphone at the time. And he thought to himself, what if I could make a FaceTime call to somebody and they could look through my camera and be my eyes when I needed it so that I wouldn't have to go over to my pesky neighbor's house and make small talk with them just so that I could figure out whether it was a can of coconut milk or a can of tomatoes before I cracked it open. Because we all know that we have to ask for help sometimes But when we do, sometimes we don't do it because we're sick and tired of having to explain ourselves, right? And having to, uh, having to, the strings attached, even with the greatest helpers. So he thought, every time I walk out into the street, somebody tries to help me. There's all these well-meaning people in the world. What if instead of calling up my friends and family on FaceTime, what if I could call all of these people? and spread out the support that I would be getting amongst the hundreds, maybe thousands of people who might want to help. So Hans collaborated with our now CEO, Christian, um, who also has an amazing story that I won't tell today, but the two of them got together and built this app and they really didn't know uh, what would happen when they put it out into the world. And it took them until 2015 to get it built. And in a very typical Danish fashion, they were very humble about it. They had very low expectations. They were, you know, it was kind of like a, if things go well, we'll expand into Germany in 
Q4. You know, that's the, the Danish strategy for taking over the world. But it, but the night that they launched, they put out a small press release and they were blown away because in 24 hours, uh, the, the news about this app was everywhere. And it, 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 it was just, it caught fire in a way they didn't expect. And within 24 hours, we had 10,000 people sign up for the app. And most of those people were volunteers, but we did have about a thousand blind users sign up for the app. And, and I don't know how much you know about gathering together blind people, but it's not the easiest task in the world. So the fact that a thousand people signed up overnight meant there's something here. So very, very quickly, we had to adapt and we had to go global. We didn't really have a choice because we were getting people signing up in Africa and you know, Russia and all over the world. And within six weeks, we were translated into 30 languages. We used volunteers to help us translate into all these languages. And we were uh, running and we were facilitating connections between volunteers and blind users in languages that we didn't even speak. Um, it, was a, it was a remarkable thing. And fast forward five years later, the community basically has just doubled year over year. And today we're at a 250,000 blind users and 4.3 million volunteers. And the total number of languages is about 185 that are being spoken right now in the app. And the total number of um, countries is, oh gosh, I think it's about 175. It's basically every country in the world that has open access to free and open internet. So, so Be My Eyes started in this way of this completely free service. It is completely unlimited. You can, you can use it as much as you want. And every time you make a call, you're never going to talk to the same person. So it truly is a kind of unlimited, no strings attached support. But it was completely volunteer based. And we're a very small team. And even though we're a small team, we didn't have... <laughs> frankly, a way to pay the bills. We didn't have a way to keep the lights on or to keep the servers going <laughs> or to keep our web developers paid so that we could continue to keep this service available to everyone. And I'll tell you, a lot of investors and well-meaning people in Silicon Valley really pressured us to pursue business models that were what I would call low-hanging fruit. Um, for those of you who have seen, you know, the social dilemma or something like this, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's mo business models that revolve around advertising or business models that revolve around a subscription or business models that revolve around, you know, selling and targeting data, right? And this is where it comes in the important aspect of having a blind founder. Because our blind founder and his co-founder, Christian, said absolutely not. And they said, this is too much of a sort of like magical thing in some ways. And it's almost, it's bigger than us now. And we owe it to our community not to put up any additional barriers to accessibility and to sight. Um, sight is something that 95% of the population is given for free out of the gate. So how can we possibly charge people, even if it's with an advertisement, 
for getting access to the visual information that everyone else has such easy access to. Uh, so we, we, we didn't, and we spent three years just scratching our heads and wondering, I wonder if we'll ever be able to figure out how to pay for this thing. And then something, a wonderful coincidence happened. We were at a conference with Microsoft and Microsoft was up on stage talking about how, you know, they design their products to be accessible, but once those products are out in the world, we don't really know, we don't really get to see how they're working for you. And we don't really get to see where you're struggling. And one of my partners at the time was sitting in the audience and he got up from his chair and he walked up to the stage and he said to the person from Microsoft, hey, I actually know where everyone is struggling with your product. <laughs> because when people are struggling with Microsoft products, they call Be My Eyes. And he said, I know because when you release the Windows update, we get a spike in calls, right? And I'm sure some of you have done this, have used Be My Eyes to update your operating system when your JAWS stops talking to you, right? And the, and the Microsoft people said, well, that's fascinating. So what can we, how can we collaborate here? And Alexander said, well, how would you like to receive be my eyes calls that are about Microsoft in your own call centers. And Microsoft said, that's fabulous. We actually happen to have a disability answer desk for that very reason who can receive those calls. And we would love to get those calls. And we said, well, would you pay for it? <laughs> and thankfully they said yes. And that was the birth of a whole new business model, which is connecting facilitating a connection between the community and the companies that are many of whom are establishing these amazing accessibility programs, but don't necessarily know how to get the word out to you and how to be reached easily by you. Because Lord knows when your computer's broken, you certainly don't know how to dig up the right phone number for the disability answer desk and give them a call. So our vision is to create a specialized help hub on Be My Eyes that is gonna be like a yellow pages or a directory of every service that provides video support to us specifically for accessibility and assistive technology support with their products and services. And you can tell it worked because several months later, Google jumped on board and they became our second partner to join specialized help shortly followed by Procter & Gamble, who now provides specialized help services in the Be My Eyes app with everything from laundry detergent to home pregnancy tests. I mean it, like they, uh, they, we have people getting support with all sorts of things through Be My Eyes, um, from brands like Mr. Clean, uh, any household item you can almost think of is made by Procter & Gamble. And so they're bringing on more and more supporters as well. So that's the that's sort of the corporate side of Be My Eyes. But but what happened this year in this you know unprecedented time and all of the the wildness going on in the world is we realized that all of the blindness organizations that serve us and give us access to services. We're closing their doors, some of them for the whole year, right? 
And, you know, they didn't have, they literally didn't have a front desk anymore. And so in some cases, some of these places don't even have the technology to reroute the phone lines. So when you make a call to your local blindness organization, you might not get through to them. And so we realized that we had this technology that was allowing Google and Microsoft and these big Fortune 500 companies to serve the blind population. Why not take this technology and leverage it to help our wonderful blindness organizations connect better with our population? And so if you go onto the Be My Eyes app today, you're going to see names that you probably recognize. You're going to see, um, depends on what country you're in, but in the United States, you're going to see uh, the Hadley School in Chicago. You're going to see uh, some of our blindness uh, uh, advocacy and membership organizations. You're going to see the Lighthouse for the Blind, uh, the Adaptation Store in San Francisco, which sells blindness products. And uh, most recently, we've added in our first ever guide dog organization, which is you all. Um, and it was personally really exciting for me, not just because of my happy memories of being a, a puppy petter, but I, I realized that our marketing team now got to play with pictures of dogs. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It was it was mostly because I realized that there were we were we were about to crack open a whole new use case for Be My Eyes. And I'll be blunt with you: people are using Be My Eyes every single day to locate to find the location when their guide dog has pooped. And I and I, I won't comment on it as a use case. I will say that if you're speaking to a friendly volunteer, you may wanna give them a warning before you go and do that. <laughs> um, but most of our volunteers are more than happy to help with something uh, like that. If you're out and about and you don't, you're not exactly sure where where your little pup laid it down and 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 you want to get and you want to get out of there as quick as possible so that's maybe a use for a be my eyes volunteer but as you know there are so many other uses where you really are going to need an expert you're going to need someone from the guide dog organization to take a look for you now i am not a guide dog user myself so i don't necessarily know what goes into guide work or um, what, you know, how often are you replacing that harness? Or how often is your dog gonna have a veterinary issue that you wanna ask about? But as I understand it, and we can let Toby talk about this a little bit, um, it, these are all things that you can call Guide Dogs for the Blind for through Be My Eyes. And so, so if, if this all sounds good to you and you haven't already, got the guy, uh, the Be My Eyes app downloaded on your phone. Um, you just have to go find your app store on Google Play or the iOS, the iPhone app store, and look for Be My Eyes. You can probably tell Siri to do it as well, and you can download it. And all you have to do to sign up is put in your email address and click the link in, that it will send to you, and you're all good to go. And then you have access to this whole world. There's more than just tech support on there. There's um, there's um, voting registration assistance through vote.org. There's uh, 
all sorts of things. And and we are rapidly expanding this this specialized help as well. I wish I could share with you some of the new companies that are going to be coming on to provide some unprecedented uh, uh, services, personal health and wellness services in November. Um, you can let your imagination run on that. Um, but the, the platform is really growing. And what you can do with Be My Eyes is really growing. The final thing that, that I would emphasize is the kind of privacy and anonymity aspect to this. Because when you're talking about using an app these days, you can't, you can't ignore this aspect of it. Um, you know, when, when you're consulting with a volunteer, um, it is a stranger, right? This is someone you've never met before. And I know that's a little daunting for people, um, but we are sure to reassure people that it is always 100% anonymous. It's always 100% private. They're only seeing where you are pointing the camera and you have no obligation whatsoever to tell them who you are, to make small tack. We have people who are in and out with 15 second Be My Eyes calls these days. It's really incredible to see how quickly people have gotten. And it doesn't really matter to the volunteer. They don't need to know who you are or what you did with your day. They just want that feeling like I helped someone in a meaningful way. Um, that and, and even if it's as quick as, is this milk expired? No, great, thank you. That's perfectly fine. Um, on the specialized help side of things, we also have really strict data and security protocols. We're a European-based company, which actually in Europe, they have higher standards for data privacy and security. It's called GDPR. And according to GDPR, we can't transfer data, your data to other companies. We, we, we don't even record the calls that are going on when you call up one of these companies. There's um, it's a completely private interaction. And when you're dealing with things like the results of a, someone's pregnancy test, that is absolutely important, right? Um, because the pregnancy test, the, an, an accessible pregnancy test hasn't been designed yet. It just isn't out there. And so for many people, this is their only option. So we take, we take data privacy and security really seriously. And I think among other things, that's really what differentiates us from many other companies um, is, that, is that we take this stuff really seriously. So I hope that helps people feel comfortable and confident using Be My Eyes as much as they possibly want to. And I'm also happy to answer any questions you may have. As, as I said, I really wanna get as much time in for questions as possible. Um, but first, I, I think it would be great if we could hand it over to Toby and maybe Toby, you could tell us uh, from the front lines, how have the first few weeks on Be My Eyes been? Uh, and and how, how can we encourage people to be successful when they're calling up GDB through the Be My Eyes app? Sure, thank you, Will. Um, and I guess I'll, I see a lot of familiar faces and familiar names out there. And uh, so yeah, many of you, too. I think, know me. Um, but real quickly, for those who don't, I've been with Guide Dogs for 23 years now, and I've been in the support center as one of the, the phone support uh, field specialists for the last about five years now. And so um, I've spoken with lots of you. I've seen many of you in the field as well. Um, so that's this is the quick history on my background. Um, 
when uh, I, a couple of the notes that I had written down in preparation for this were um, we've had probably about one averaging about one call a day for, for guide work stuff. So currently the call volume is pretty low and this is a really, really useful tool. Um, the calls have been fairly spread out between some guide work questions, um, uh, weight check, you know, getting an actual look at the dog to, to give some, give some feedback on, on how their weight loss program is going, uh, help with equipment, whether that's adjusting the harness or adjusting the gentle leader. And then, um, a handful of calls that have been from non guide dog clients who were asking about the, the application process and how to get involved. And so this was a, a unique and exciting way that they could connect with our organization. Um, that's that's new that's you know that's a lot of what Teresa Stern has done with her outreach and here's a a brand new way that people are coming into it one of the things I wanted to comment on was the availability will mentioned the the four million volunteers for the general line um, typically we've been managing that with just two volunteers on at a time and the volume right now is low enough that that's working um, but as many of you might know some of our calls when uh when Beth or Jim or I are are working with you can be kind of lengthy and we might not be available to answer the be my eyes call. So we're, we're on call for, for both the general calls that we've normally done. And then the be my eyes call or the app is running in a, in the background of our devices to be able to, to jump on if we're available. Um, as Will had mentioned, the anonymity is great, um, which is, is wonderful for your privacy and protection. It also means that if you call and we're not available, we don't know who you were. <laughs> and so if, if you're having some trouble getting in touch with us, one of the workarounds that I've been trying to put out there is by all means, call the 800 number. You know, if we're still busy, leave us a message and we can use that to, to get back to you. Um, and thank you for your patience. Um, that kind of leads into, I think what was one of the most exciting things when Will and Teresa and Kelly first approached our team about this, I thought that the use of um, using this for an emergent visit was going to be a wonderful way to be able to, to, um, sorry, that would be a wonderful way to be able to, to do what, you know, essentially an emergent visit um, like we would in the field. And the challenge with that is that uh, it's not really natural for you to work a dog and hold a phone. And that's not necessarily the easiest way for us to see what the dog is doing and what the environment looks like. So um, one of the workarounds we've had and been really successful with has been that uh, we'll make an appointment. And so whether it's through a Be My Eyes call and then we arrange a time later, or if you're calling the general number, um, and then we arrange to call you at a time when there's a, a third party available on your end to hold the camera and follow along, then um, that's actually been really successful. I've had two, two visits like that. And um, for, for those of you that have, you know, needed an emergent visit at some point, you know, that, uh, the, the challenge both in, in terms of COVID, but then also just in general, it's not easy to get from Oregon or California out to all the places that our clients live. And this was a way that I did one visit in Louisiana and one visit somewhere East. I can't remember, but you know, when you think about it, this was a matter of minutes of setting up a situation where I could see a client working and be able to give them direct and immediate feedback and be able to see, you know, the dog's body language, the following position, the environment, the traffic conditions. And so um, may not be able to be there um, directly, but 
you know, probably about 85, 90% of what we could accomplish on a, on a direct visit in person, we were able to do with these. And that was really exciting. That is so awesome. Um, some of the other calls, I, I forgot to mention this, that we also have uh, people call with questions about um, their dog's health and actually had one call where there turned out there was a hotspot. And, you know, by getting the camera in the right position, I could get a really nice look at that. And that made it really clear. And then when I directed that person over to the veterinary financial people, I could could let them know, like, yep, it's a <laughs> it's a hotspot. I'd see it on the right flank. And you know, just have a little bit more of a, a visual um, uh, interpretation of what the dog's condition was. Uh, I'm sure there's more things that I'm forgetting, but I'm, I'm more than happy to take any questions about that. Um, I guess real quickly, I had one question that popped up that uh, asked, like, would this be the way to contact us uh, in lieu of a, a call? And And it is a way, absolutely. And we've had people do that. Um, as I said, um, you know, if we're talking about guide work type situations, it might be, it might be the initial contact and then we regroup at a time when we can, can set something up where we can get a little bit more information. Um, some of the other applications that I imagine, and actually we have done this, is getting a little bit of feedback about somebody's route. So, you know, if there's a tree or a bush or, you know, maybe the construction company dug up a ditch. <laughs> Um, that's something that in real time we might be able to look at and explain, okay, this is what's happening. And it looks like there's a, a safe pathway, safe passageway, um, to the left or the right. And, um, some feedback too on the, uh, client's home environment about, you know, the setup of their tie down station or what the, the situation in the backyard looked like. So that's, those are, those are amazing. I haven't, I hadn't heard those yet, Toby, and those are, those are just like all really great use cases. And, and I, I just look forward to hearing more, you know, to hearing more about the new ways that people are using, using this software, because it's nothing without creative, you know, kind of innovative uh, trial and error and success, you know. Thank you both for your, your incredible knowledge. And right now, I think it might be time to open up uh, the field to questions, because I'm sure there's lots of questions and you may not even know how to download it. You may not have any experience with Be My Eyes. You may have tried it and it didn't work. You, you know, any questions you have, please feel free to ask. We are all GDB uh, clients and uh, handlers, but there all also are many other people who have guide dogs who are not GDB clients. Mm-hmm. Would, would this be available to them as well that we could spread the word or just keep it within GDB for now? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the hope on That's a great question. And I I was actually uh, I'm getting I'm getting uh, uh, already ping, believe it or not, pinged by people from other guide dog organizations just <laughs> now from this call. Um, but but we we uh, we just launched with guide dogs last month. It was the first guide dog organization we brought on, and our plan is to bring on as many more as possible. Um, we are very, uh, one of our other main philosophies is sort of being anti-competitive. Um, we think that uh, what, you know, what divides us uh, brings us down. And um, we have, we are with everyone from Google to Microsoft to blindness organizations who may compete with one another. We have never um, allowed 
competition to prevent as many organizations as possible to get on the platform and share this platform because we know that our, our ships rise together. So if you know anyone else who has a guide dog with another organization or has a connection at another organization, we'd be happy to talk with them and make it possible for them to get connected on the platform. Add in real quickly on, on the, and maybe Karen, if this was your, your question, um, for clients from other schools calling the guide dog specific app, um, that would sort of be similar to them calling our 800 number for support, where I think we would have to politely defer that they contact their school. And we're not, mm -hmm. we, I mean, absolutely, we want other guide dog schools on board with Be My Eyes, but um, I think we would be very reluctant to offer training advice to another school just oh, yeah. against uh, um, mm -hmm. the chance that we're countermanding the, the way that dog was trained or, or that school's philosophy. I have the Be My Eyes app on my phone. Do I need a GDB Be My Eyes app? Is there another one that I need to get or what? It's all in the same app. So when you, when you open the Be My Eyes app, for the longest time, there was only one button. Um, right. It was call first available volunteer. Right. Mm -hmm. But now there's two buttons. <laughs> uh, the set, and the second button can be found by just swiping to the right or moving your thumb down to the bottom of the screen. Okay. And it's called specialized help. Okay. And when you click on specialized help, you're presented with a list of categories and you'll find, uh, you, can, you can browse the categories or you can search, but you'll find uh, in the blindness organizations category, you'll find guide dogs alphabetically listed in there. Okay. And on the one more, sorry, on the guide dogs page, um, you'll find that there's a button that says add to favorites. And if you add it to your favorites, it'll be the first thing on your specialized help page so that you won't have to hunt around for it every time you want to make a call. Okay. Thank there's, you. Absolutely. And there's also, uh, we, we've just rolled out all these new features this summer, which is I'm excited about. One is the favorites. But the other thing is now you can customize your uh, voice-activated shortcuts. So whether you use Siri or Google Assistant, you can actually um, say, call guide dogs for the blind on Be My Eyes and immediately get connected to Toby and his team. My question is, if you, if you are using Be My Eyes with your iPhone, you know, we need to keep our right arm hand free when we're working with our guys just in case of a, just in case we have to do some correction or whatever. And so how would we safely be able to use our iPhone? Is there something out there like a lanyard of sorts where we could put that phone on our body by our chest? And you can be able to see what's going on right in front of us. And we can some way, somehow hear you giving us the directions on what to do and how to do it. Absolutely. I, I think that, you know, I'll let Toby, you know, speak to, to what degree you can actually help while you're moving through space with the dog. Um, again, I think that his point was, if it involves you and the dog, you may want to have a friend film you so that the rep can get a good look at your body language from a distance. Um, but if, if you're moving through space, 
lanyards work, you can go on Amazon or just Google uh, iPhone lanyard. Um, we have a lot of people who use those. Uh, some people honestly just just forget the video part and pop their phone in their pocket. And as long as they have an earbud in, um, they are able to communicate with the person on the other end. And if the person needs the video, they'll have you take your phone out. Um, but again, you know, uh, Toby, how much movement you think, do you, how many of these calls do you think people are actually moving through space with the dog? Right. And Vicky, you, you hit it right on the head. Um, you're, if you're trying to film with your right hand and work your dog with your left hand, you're, you're already changing things. And so if you're calling with a question, um, you know, the, the natural following position is already being affected even further. Um, right. When it comes to like trying to do things in, in real time on a route, um, we haven't really had this happen yet, but our thought was, you know, feedback about the route. So whether it's an overgrown bush or something, trying to, um, I, I would, trying to assess something more dynamic like movement and, and, you know, dog's body position while working. Um, we can absolutely give it a try. In fact, we've, we've tried it uh, about three or four times between Beth and I with, with folks and success with that has been pretty limited. And so, um, you know, regrouping with somebody else to hold the camera um, a little bit later has been, been the more successful um, approach for that type of thing. Um, and another, another option, something else we were also exploring is uh, a chest harness. I think that's something that can be also on Amazon or, or similar. And it's real popular like with runners or hikers um, where it's uh, a little bit more of like a adjustable suspender type thing. So rather than a lanyard, which might be a little bit bouncy, this is a little bit more stable. And you could put the phone in a position that is facing forward and, and giving like a, a perspective from, from the follower. Right. And Thank just you. it's using your your, your rear camera uh, from your phone, so you're you're using the back of the phone to see through the camera. Right. right. The screen should be facing you. Yeah. Right. Okay. Th this is especially uh, with our walks. With now with COVID, there are so many people being able to go out with their dogs, and uh, they just don't realize that we can't see them and my dog veers to the left all the time and so you know we get um we get a little bit um they, they get a little bit huffy you know like can't you see they're going uh excuse me i can't see that's why i have a guide dog you know <laughs> and so forth thing like that that would really come in handy yeah well i can make a promise to you vicky we we every day we dream about the perfect wearable camera and okay. and um it hasn't really hit the market yet like that perfect pair of glasses with the camera on it i'm sure some of you have seen some of these that that have a you know a wire attached to it with a big bulky thing in your pocket uh battery packs and what personal wi-fi boxes and all this stuff that's not our vision of what we want you to carry around. We, we really, um, we really, when we do introduce a wearable camera to the Be My Eyes app, we want it to be lightweight. We want it to uh -huh. look good, and we want it to be affordable. 
Um, and those are, that's kind of our, that's kind of our priority. And in the same way, you know, that we held on in the past, we're going to hold on until there's a really, really good option. And I, and it hurt, it hurts me that we can't say there is a good wearable camera yet, but that'll be coming around the corner in 2021. I think. I just a quick thing about the, uh, lanyard, um, I was at one of the conventions and there was this plastic, clear plastic lanyard where you tuck your phone into. And um, I don't know how well one could see through it. But I think that would be something really good. I, my concern would be having just having a phone in your hand while you're walking. Um, you know, somebody could take it from you because you're concentrating on the dog and you're concentrating on talking to you and it just seems like there's just too many, too much going on. So uh, um, that would be my concern about uh, about carrying a phone and just making sure that it's something safe and something just a little discreet from the public. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I we coach people a lot. One of the number one questions we get from on our community calls is, "Can I use be my eyes to cross the street?" and 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 the thing I have to tell people is, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter whether or not you're blind. Nobody should be using their phone when they're crossing the street. <laughs> so things to think about, right? Yeah. So you know, we we uh, I definitely would would recommend you know just following your normal rules about do you walk down the street with your phone in your hand? You know. I just have a generic question about be my eyes. I have never used it, but I keep the app on hand just for emergencies if I don't have my parents to FaceTime with. But my question is, do you give training to the volunteers to help them understand how to make the experience successful for them to help the blind and visually impaired person on the other end of the call? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When when you sign up as a as a volunteer, you get a basic level of training. You get emails in your inbox and you get to watch a video about how to answer a call. You know, the truth of the matter is many, many of the volunteers who are answering calls because of the sheer number are answering a call for the first time. <laughs> so uh, many of them are so excited. And so, uh, well, they're, frankly, sometimes they're a little nervous. <laughs> um, so so that may be what sometimes what you pick up on when, when you talk to a new volunteer. But at the same time, we're also very open to hearing feedback about how we can better educate volunteers. Uh, what are the common things that um, that they do? But to to be honest with you, we process thousands of be my eyes calls every day around the world, and the level of uh, uh, the number of people who put a thumbs up on those calls to say they had a good experience is is a very high number. So. We feel we feel pretty good about the success rate of the volunteer caller uh, relationship, and we're always trying to make it better. Though, I always feel so grateful and wish that I could send a little thank you message, even if it's brief, even if it's just like an added thank you. And I wonder if I'm missing something, or if once I disconnect with that person, I that's it. I can't send them any message thanking them. No, you're not missing anything. No, Rachel, it's on our ideas list, actually, believe it or not. Um, okay. Yeah. It, it's something that, that I personally 
would 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 love to see. Uh, you know, we have to be careful about how we facilitate non-anonymous interactions. You know, but yeah. but I agree with you that uh, the ability to leave a comment, the ability to say thank you, um, to kind of close the loop on that, in many cases, yeah. very special communication. I think would be really great. This is Kelly. I use uh, Be My Eyes a lot um, for just, you know, regular things like what colors my shirt or whatever it might be. And, you know, I typically I, I ask the um, the volunteer's name, just their first name. And they and they ask mine. And where do you live and where do you live? You know, just to kind of get a little um, interaction going there. And um, it, mm-hmm. it's really nice to. Um, yeah you know, to engage and um, say, thank you, thank you, thank you, you know. So, but I love <laughs> the idea of an emoji that we could uh, thank people with. Thank you for that idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell yeah you it's one, my pleasure. I'll tell you one more story, Rachel. The, uh, we had a story of um, a blind gentleman in uh, New Orleans who was, um, was, was forced to evacuate his home uh, because of an oncoming storm. And so he was desperately kind of like packing up his stuff and he wanted to check to make sure that he had everything he needed. Um, And he called a volunteer and they started chatting and she said, what are you, where are you, where are you evacuating from? And he said, New Orleans. She said, Oh, I'm in New Orleans. That's funny. He said, what parish are you in? Oh, I'm in this parish. Oh, so am I. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Turned out they were neighbors. And wow. And now the two of them are buddies and they actually go tandem bike riding together. Oh, that's wonderful. Around their neighborhood. Uh, you know, it's like, what a, what a, what a weird, wild coincidence, you know, that's neat. because sometimes you get someone who's in New Zealand, you know? Sure. Right. So anyway, so yeah, it's possible. And, and I think, but remember, it's it's all up to you, right? If you're having a great conversation with someone, um, it's it's just a discussion between you and that person, and it's and if you if you choose to you know have further contact with that person, that's not for us to say whether or not that's okay. <laughs> what are the operating hours for the guide dog line? And that was a great question that I forgot to cover. And so currently, we're operating from Monday through Fridays, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific time. And we typically shut the lines off between 12 and 1, which is when we shut the, the support center lines down as well. So basically 9, 9 to noon and 1 to 4, Mondays through Fridays. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Toby, that was my question. But my other question then is for Be My, Be My Eyes in general, if there was an emergency or we it was dark and we couldn't see, you know, if we had low vision and couldn't see it well, um, are they available twenty four seven? Yes. Not for, not for the guide. But... Yeah, the volunteers yeah. Are available around the clock. Yes. Yeah, and and a few things about that. So it's one thing is, um, it, it is if it's emer- <laughs> if it's an emergency. I hear a whisper on the line. Uh, one thing is, is it, if it's an emergency, don't use be my eyes. Um, right. We really you know, can't underscore enough, you know, call 911 if it's a real emergency. If it's just something where an inconvenient situation where you're starting to break a sweat, of course, you can use Be My Eyes. Um, 
And if it's dark, there's a few things I can say about that as well. Um, sometimes people call Be My Eyes and the volunteer picks up the line and the screen is pitch black and they don't realize what's going on for a second until they realize that the person just doesn't have the lights on. And actually, rather than, than now making the user have to go find, go to the light switch and switch on the lights, the volunteer can actually activate your uh your flashlight on your phone. And that's that's the only thing they can do to you. <laughs> you know, it's the only thing they can do to your phone is activate your flashlight. But it's incredibly helpful if you're working in low light or you're at nighttime, they'll turn your flashlight on for you. It will your the phone will say flashlight on and they'll be able to help you. And as I understand it, with the new iPhones coming coming out soon, they actually have like night vision or something like that. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how that new iPhone technology just makes the app better. Because with every new phone release, the BMI's experience has gotten clearer, crisper, and easier for, for everybody. So good things there. Well, I think we're at the top of the hour, everyone. Um, I want to say thank you very much for participating and joining our speaker series call. Um, feel free to send um, any ideas uh, to Kate. Egan, K-E-G-A-N, at Guide Dogs for the Blind or at GDB to, um, for the next speaker series call because we always love good ideas. Thank you for participating. Thank you for your great questions. Will, thank you so much for a great presentation. Toby, thank you. Deb, thank you for taking good care of us um, on Zoom. And thank you, Teresa, if you're out there and everybody that made this happen. I'm so grateful. And I will just say, um, boy, stay safe, stay healthy, download Be My Eyes, and good night. Yes. <laughs>